Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each program in the studio with my dear friend, Emily Jaminette. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope the show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and, re- and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Well, hello, Emily. Hello, Michelle. It's awesome to be back. It is. In the studio with, yet again, another amazing guest. Amazing guest that's a Catholic priest, and he likes technology. So we're going to have something really great to talk to our kids about if they don't already know our next speaker. Yes, we are so honored and excited to have today Father Tim Anastas. Father Tim is the Associate Chaplain of the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and the host of Real Homilies, which are minute-long YouTube reflections on the Sunday Gospel readings, where he speaks through the lenses of the church tradition, pop culture, and self-improvement. Father Anastas is also a Eucharistic preacher and one of the 50 priests commissioned to enkindle the flame of Eucharistic faith and devotion in the United States to help prepare our country for the National Eucharistic Revival. So welcome, Father Tim. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle and Emily. It's great great to talk with you. This is awesome. We are so grateful you were available, and as we were just chatting before the show, Emily and I's kids go to Bishop Watterson High School here, and we get this nice little newsletter every Wednesday, and a few weeks ago there was a picture of this priest and Thanos, and it was like, check out real homilies, and I was like, what is going on here? I got to check this out, and um, (laughs) you have a really amazing ministry. So before we get into that, but please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your faith journey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here, and uh, thank you for having me on. I'm honored. Um, And yeah, so I'm currently, uh, I'm a priest. (laughs) I'm currently assigned at the St. John Paul II Newman Center um, at UIC, um, University of Illinois, Chicago. And yeah, I'm uh, one of the chaplains there. It's an absolute blast. I actually told a few of my students, they asked me today at the Newman Center, like, Father Tim, what are you doing today? I was like, oh, I'm, you know, doing this, that. I'm also, like, doing an interview for Inspired by Faith, uh, radio interview. And one of the students, uh, she said, oh, like, you mean the radio that used to be in cars? (laughs) (laughs) And I just, like, I wanted to walk away sad. I was like, wow, you are so young, and I am so old. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. But then I explained, like, oh, it's also a podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we hit the cars and the podcast at the same time. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was funny. But, yes, I'm a, a priest in Chicago at the Newman Center. Um, had a, an amazing, amazing experience at um, the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana as a college student. Um, was drawn to the faith through the Newman Center um, and became a priest because of that. Um, and so did my seminary studies, been a priest for five years, uh, been at the Newman Center for two years, and before that, my first baby priest assignment was uh, a parish in Park Ridge, Illinois, that had a insanely huge youth group. So I really got to um, invest and just become friends with all the high schoolers. So um, yeah, that's I guess that's just a little bit about me. Did you grow up in a Catholic family? Um, was your faith important as a child? Yeah, yeah, um, it was. So I would say I grew up, yes, in a Catholic family. 
Uh, my last name, Anastas, is Greek. And so a lot of people ask me, well, aren't, shouldn't you be Greek Orthodox? And I was responding by saying, yes, my grandfather, um, he married a Roman, pa- Roman Catholic Polish woman. Um, and she laid down the law for my dad and baptized him Roman Catholic. Um, and so that's why I'm Roman Catholic. And we grew up going to Mass every Sunday. Um, we prayed before meals, but that was about it. With the, That was my Catholic identity. It was, yeah, Mass on Sunday, praying before meals, and just be a good person. Um, and so through high school and through college, taking my faith on my own, I kind of grew deeper um, in my Catholic identity. So. And then how did you decide to become a priest? Where did that kind of fit in the equation? Yeah, so that was definitely um, in college. Um, I went on a retreat called Koinonia. People may have heard of that retreat before um, at the University of Illinois. And I went on, it was uh, my freshman year, I went on a, the retreat because of a girl. Uh, and I kind of followed through to the retreat, not expecting to, like, get anything out of it. Um, and went to confession for the first time in, like, five, six years. And um, it was it was just as if, like, the Lord just took all of this crap that was in my heart, just weighing me down away. And then he was able to begin working and speaking words of love and, like, calling me to the priesthood. Um, so it really was rooted, like, in the sacraments, in confession, that once, yeah, all that crap was gone, he could now work in my heart. And I was able to respond and able to receive. Um, and so um, shortly after that, I recognized the Holy Eucharist as Jesus himself for the first time ever. Um, and so it was definitely this realization, oh, oh my gosh, I got I have to change. I have to change what I'm doing. I have to change my life if the Eucharist is actually true, if this is real. Um, and so I began to, yeah, grow in my faith, um, always visiting Jesus in the Eucharist. And through that, definitely began to uh, start feeling called, start, started feeling drawn to the priesthood. Um, but it wasn't until senior year where I really said yes. Um, I got offered a job with the FBI. Um, I was doing studies in linguistics, um, studying Arabic and some other languages. So got offered this job. Um, had a great girlfriend at the time. And so here's everything that the, the world is saying, this will make you happy. This will make you fulfilled. An amazing job where you could probably carry a gun and fight bad guys. Um, and having a great friend, but in my heart, there was still something, I was just so restless and there was something empty. And I knew that just as St. Augustine said, like my heart would be restless until it rested in God, at least tried like to go to seminary. And so, yeah, with that, I, I said, yes. Awesome. We are so grateful for your yes, because it's so such a great witness for our, you know, for all of us, and especially for our young, young adults to see, you know, young priests on fire for the Lord. So we're super grateful for your for your yes. Thank you. And thank you for your prayers. Absolutely. And, you know, I imagine that your story that you just shared with us 
really influences maybe your lens, your perspective and being a chaplain at a university. And Michelle and I both um, have families with college kids. And, you know, I mean, maybe you could share a few words either to us as the parent or, you know, some hope on what you see in, in the culture. Because uh, it's, it's, it can be a little bit Debbie Downer, um, the way we look at kind of the way the culture has gone and turned. But I imagine you see a lot of, um, a lot of greatness, a lot of good with, with thanks to the, our faith. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And thanks for saying that. It is, it is abs- an absolute pleasure and honor to be able to be a chaplain in a Newman Center. I know any chaplain at any Newman Center would say this, too, that there's so much hope that we see. Um, a lot of the times, um, people who are not involved with the Newman Center, just at their parish, can will come up to me and just like be very <laughs> depressed or just distraught with um, what's going on in the church, a lot of drama. Um, their grandkids, their their kids are not practicing the faith. Um, and I am able to really witness to that and say, well, actually, there's incredible things going on with young people. Um, and I get to see it every day at the Newman Center, conversions, um, like growing discipleship, uh, just people falling, these students falling in love with the Lord and being fully alive in Him. So it, it's a, yeah, it really is an honor to be able to share that with people. Um, to give them hope, like, yeah, the future of the church, it's going to be okay. God is so good, and He's taking care of His kids. Amen. That is great news to hear. So let's hear a little bit about this new venture, Real Homilies. So you've created these one-minute videos to tell the gospel each week. Um, what was the inspiration, and how are you seeing, you know, what is the feedback coming uh, um, back from these videos? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Real Homilies is this, I couldn't have, even imagine this happening. Um, it was really all the Holy Spirit. My first year at the Newman Center, I just had this desire to like to share more on the level of the students. And the thing that I was noticing um, is like the shorter homilies I gave at daily mass or Sunday mass, the more the students would be like able to receive it um, because we all know this. Like young, young younger people have shorter attention spans. Um, even my attention span is like five minutes, and then I fall asleep or, you know, move on to another thing. And so, like, our attention spans are just really struggling right now. And so um, I wanted to, like, do some kind of, like, minute-long podcast or minute-long video where I can, like, insert the truths of the, of the faith um, to be able to preach, uh, yeah, goodness, truth, beauty, um, that they can receive on their level. Um, and it wasn't really coming to fruition because I didn't really know how to start that. Um, and so I kind of put it on the back burner, but the desire in my heart was still there, bringing it up in prayer. And then all of a sudden, um, last year, like a few months into, yeah, praying about it, um, the company Spirit Juice, which is based here in Chicago, reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in um, helping with a homily series with them. And it was just like this Holy Spirit moment that just confirmed, like, this is definitely what the Lord wants. Um, And I shared my vision with them. They loved the vision. And then we did a couple practice videos, uh, and I kind of shared what I thought about, um, like, what can be inserted or how we can make it more relevant to the high schoolers and college kids. And it basically, yeah, it took off from there. And so our main platforms for Real Homilies, um, our Instagram and TikTok, 
which get the most views. Um, I think uh, Becca Sire, our director at the Newman Center, said the last one got like 5,000 views in a day on Instagram, which is insane to me because I don't have any social media. And so, like, just it's, it's just a confirmation of the Holy Spirit, and it's beautiful. God is so good. Um, and then, yeah, so it's been going every week since about July. Uh, it comes out on Saturdays, and it's just a minute-long homily for, for Sunday. And if you're old like Emily and I, um, you can subscribe to Spirit Juice and get an email, and yeah, then you can do that too. then you're like, oh, here it is in my home. And then I like popped it in in the car ride to church. Like everybody's in the car. Like, hey guys, we're gonna watch this. It's one minute, and you know, you've got the Lego guys on there. You've got Thanos on there. You've got something yeah. that even my young, you know, my teenagers, like my husband, he gets Marvel characters. Like we all can appreciate it, no matter what age you are, even though it's targeted for you know, young adults, but I think everyone appreciates yep. it. That's so great to hear. I'm glad that, yeah, your kids are getting something out of that. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Well, I just love, um, Father Tim, how you are thinking, you know, what does the church need and, and what's something that I can do, right? In the sense of mm. like how to meet them where they're at, because a lot of times, even for us as parents, it's like, the old way doesn't really work the way maybe we were brought up or what our parents used to say, you know, like, yeah. my kids are always like, you always keep talking about how you walked everywhere or, you, you know, whatever, you know, but this <laughs> is even more important than our transportation or what our technology was in the 80s. This is essential that we do start speaking to them and, and presenting the faith in a way that um, it doesn't cheapen it, but it just illuminates it and, and, and gets into their, gets relevant into their life. Yes, exactly. And that that's the beautiful thing about our Catholic faith and the Catholic Church is that um, it takes the culture and molds it and baptizes it and brings it into something new, like new, good, true, beautiful, um, that can point us towards Jesus. Like we have a, we have a coffee shop um, in our Newman Center, which is just a lot of fun. And it's like just very legit, and it, it brings a lot of students who may not want to be at a Catholic Newman Center there just because of the great coffee. But like when when coffee was first a thing, it was it was like a Muslim drink. It was like an Arab drink that was brought over to Europe, and a lot of Catholics at the time thought that it was just it was like the devil's drink. They called it the devil's drink. But the Pope at the time, and I forgot. I forget which Pope it was. He basically said, like, no, I want to try it. And then he tried it, thought it was really good, and he said, we should baptize this and make this, like, this is God's creation. We, we should enjoy this drink. So just that, that idea that we can take what young people love as well, um, their, their TikTok videos, um, Instagram stories, and mold it into something that can point towards Jesus. That's awesome. Now, do you have any advice for those of us who are parents out there who've got college-age kids that, you know, might not be so into, into the church, you know, what do you tell parents that when they have that, you know, that despair that their their kids are leaving the church? Yeah, number one thing, definitely pray for them. Um, be that St. Monica for them um, and intercede for them, but also to encourage them, like, to uh, join them whenever they go to mass, but especially like adoration. Um, 
if you can somehow convince your kid to come with you to adoration to pray um it's 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 like being in front it's like being inside of a nuclear reactor uh you go inside a nuclear reactor and like the radiation even though you may not feel it it's changing you um and with a nuclear reactor it's bad but like with the eucharist like being in front of the exposed blessed sacrament um there's nothing like it and the lord gets to take control of this of your child's heart um so if you can get them there then things can begin moving in silence as well as like so many students when they go to adoration for the first time at the newman center um there's so much peace uh, that they have because they are away from any distractions they're away from noise and they have to listen to their hearts and they have to they have to listen to what they're what they're thinking about um, and that can lead to deeper questions. Um, so to be able to get rid of any distractions. And then the last thing, the last piece of advice is for fathers and for dads, um, the most powerful thing that um, can affect your kids is to see your dad praying. Um, there have been studies done um, of students who keep the faith and students who don't keep the faith in college. And, like, the vast majority um, of kids who keep the faith say that they saw their dad praying. Like, it was a regular thing, seeing their dad on their knees. Um, and moms are great, too, but there's something about that fatherhood that's, that is very, very effective. Amen. And we are wow. both have a little bit of tears yeah. in our eyes hearing that because it is so beautiful and so true and so good. So thank you for sharing that with us and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Father Tim, as a preacher of the Eucharistic Revival, can you share a little bit about what this initiative is and how, you know, you're a part of it and or how we can support it as well? Yes, Eucharistic Revival. First, just yeah, be on board with it. It's so awesome. The fact that like all of the bishops of the United States have decided that this is important and this is something as a church we need to do. It's like really inspiring. It's headed up by uh, Bishop Cousins, who is from Crookston in Minnesota, the Diocese of Crookston. Um, and he, like with all of the other bishops, uh, are leading this just a movement towards reclaiming uh, the Eucharist as the source and summit of our faith. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that there's, I, I don't remember the exact percentage, but like 45% of people in the pews don't really believe that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, which is insane. Um, And so if we don't have the source and summit as the source and summit of our faith, then everything of our faith kind of gets skewed. It's like not keeping Jesus at the center. Things kind of fall away. Uh, Yeah, it's it's that with the Eucharist as well. If the Eucharist is not the center, um, then things, yeah, get skewed in the Church. And so we're reclaiming that, especially as a, as a country. Um, and so there's going to be tons of events going on in different dioceses, um, Eucharistic revivals, Eucharistic um, uh, processions, congresses, all these things to, yeah, to, to reclaim that. Um, and so there are 50 Eucharistic preachers that have been chosen throughout the country to be able to go to dioceses, go to parishes, um, go to wherever, um, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist is the greatest gift that we've been given on earth. Um, and as for 
like being asked. I don't know. I don't know how I was asked. Um, I got a letter from the bishop um, saying that I was nominated. So that's the only thing I know. Um, and what was very, very inspiring is uh, at the beginning of this year, in January, I think it was January or February, uh, we had a retreat with all the Eucharistic preachers. So all 50 of us um, got together and just, yeah, prayed and received talks from other priests uh, for, I think, three days. And it was just like that, that beginning, that seed of hope for the country that we get to go out and, yeah, just talk about Jesus. I can't wait. That is amazing. And good news for our church and that they selected you because you are so dynamic and engaging and can really, I feel, connect with, you know, for those of us, the older, you know, older people are more probably in that percentage of still believing in the, the Eucharistic, but uh, Eucharistic presence, but so many young people tell their parents, I don't believe any of that stuff you told, you told me, mom, you know, like, so yeah. it's so important that they, this is the source and summit of our, of our faith. But obviously you were chosen because you must have a deep love of the Eucharist. So, and you, I know you mentioned yeah. that, you know, the adoration was a big part of your conversion. So can you tell our listeners a little bit just about what the Eucharist, you know, has meant in your life? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love talking about it because it, it really is the, the love of my life um, is Jesus Christ and him present in the Eucharist. And I, you know, in college, I mentioned how it was the first time that I recognized Jesus truly present. And there was just this metanoia, this conversion in my heart where I realized I have to change. I have to live differently. And it took about four years of college um, to be able to, to change and to grow. Um, but it was that, that truth that was just so striking to my heart that this, this is the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard that Jesus would give himself completely to us, that he would want us to consume him, that he would become as humble, like as Fulton Sheen says, like uh, the greatest love story is contained in a tiny white host. He is so humble. He is so um, delicate. And he places himself in that, in that humility for us. It's just, yeah, mind-blowing. It rocks my socks. And uh, so as I grew... Um, in college, I just began to visit the Blessed Sacrament more, just go into the chapel, genuflect, and then go to class. There's just like this deeper longing for the Lord in the Eucharist and what it meant, what Holy Communion really meant. Um, but the, like, I guess the crux of it in college was there was one time um, my senior year when we were having what was called Mass on the Grass. Mass on the Grass is, it was just kind of like uh, evangelical or um, it's just a way of sharing like the mass with the whole campus. Like we just had mass in the, in the quad area. And so some focused missionaries and other people would be explaining what was going on as we were having mass. And I was the sacristan and altar server for that mass. At the end of the mass, there was leftover Jesus, leftover Eucharist that we placed in the ciborium and we had to bring it back to the main chapel to place Jesus back in the tabernacle. And the priest at the time, his name was Monsignor Gregory Ketchum, he just asked me, hey, Tim, we need to go bring Jesus back. Will you come with me? I was like, yeah, of course. So he was holding Jesus, and we were walking back to his car, and he turned to me, and he said, very simply, he said, Tim, will you hold our Lord for me? And when he said that, uh, it was just as if like God himself was saying that, 
And uh, that, that phrase just kept repeating in my heart, Tim, will you hold our Lord for me? Tim, will you hold our Lord for me? And so he handed me Jesus. He got in the car. I got in the car. We, ba- we basically drove um, to the chapel just in silence. I was holding Jesus, and those words kept flowing over me, like, will you hold our Lord for me? And in that moment, I, that's all I wanted to do. Um, like, as a priest, hold Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, and so I, that was one of my fiat, it was one of my yeses, where I said, I just said yes to the Lord. Like, yes, I will. I'll hold you in the Eucharist. I'll be your priest. Um, and so ever since then, like, celebrating Mass and and doing adoration, it's, it's just like all that, that culmination of, of that yes to the Lord. So... Amen. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that that story with us. Um, Father Tim, if people want to see your videos and your work, where can they find you? Um, they can find me. That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> they can find me at spiritjuice, um, spiritjuice.com, or um, you can just go to um, your Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube, and um, search, search spiritjuice or search real R-E-E-L, homilies, real homilies, and you can subscribe. Um, We also, like, you can go to our Newman Center at um, UIC, St. John Paul II Newman Center. It's jp2newman.org, O-R-G, and we have uh, a podcast and other things available there as well. Awesome. Well, we are so blessed that you have joined us today on Inspired by Faith, the program at the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Family, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette today, and we are so blessed to be speaking with Father Tim Anastas about his beautiful ministry work at the Newman Center in the University of Illinois and real spirit, his real homilies from Spirit Juice. So, Father, before we close here, would you mind giving us a blessing? Oh, my gosh, of course. I'd be honored. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you know our hearts. You know everything about us. Um, I just ask you, whoever is listening to um, whoever is listening to this, just send your love, send your spirit upon um, whoever is listening, that they may be uh, healed of whatever brings them fear, whatever brings them anxiety. For you are our confidence. You are our shield. We ask you to bless all who are listening in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit ColumbusCatholicWomen.com. And to hear more about Emily and my work, be sure to check out InspireTheFaith.com. <laughs>